Streaming has gotten way too complicated, but you can hack the system with Prime Video. It has everything in one app with one password. See Roadhouse and the National Women's Soccer League both included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report sports add-on. Or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Thanks for listening to the Herd Podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday from 12 to 3 Eastern, 9 to noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and FS1. Find your local station for the Herd at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching Herd. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up? Welcome in. This is the Herd, wherever you may be and however you may be making this part of your day. Thanks so much. I'm Doug Gottlieb, in for Colin Cowherd. And for the next three hours, we'll be talking sports and some other stuff, right? Uh, We're in this weird kind of waiting game. You know, weird kind of waiting game in terms of there's no NBA Finals yet, although it's set. There's nothing really NFL. Baseball, it just feels like we're making it up to try and talk about it. This is just like, like look, Colin's smart, man. If you're going to take a week off and go see Reykjavik, uh, do it in these next couple days. By the way, C-Man will be back on Friday getting you ready for uh, or reacting to NBA Finals Game 1. So, look, I, I'm fascinated by the psychology backflips that Mike Malone is trying to pull off, right? Because up until this point, he was the nobody pays attention to us guy, right? Nobody, nobody pays attention to us. And it got to the point where you're like, dude, we, we hear you already. And I think the greatest support story you have for the media not paying attention to the Nuggets is there's nothing else going on. There's nothing else going on at all. Okay. And um, now there's nothing else going on, but the NBA finals are set. The Denver Nuggets are in the NBA finals. They've been nothing short of incredibly impressive. They have been the best team in the playoffs. It's not really close. And yet, I mean, what are we talking about here? 
and and I understand it's hard to make up storylines when they don't yet exist. We don't yet see the matchups. Tyler Hero is going to come back and play. Does that help or screw up the Miami Heat? Ah, you know, I don't know. But but I found the the backflips that Mike Malone did yesterday to be really interesting. Here's the Nuggets head coach talking about the Heat being an eight seed in this series. Forget the eight seed stuff. They beat Milwaukee four to one. Team had the most wins in the NBA this year. Uh, they beat Boston four to three, and they're up three zero. Team with I think the second most wins in the NBA this year. So. Uh, you get to the NBA Finals, it's not about seeding anymore. You're trying to win the first NBA championship in franchise history. It's going to be the hardest thing that we've ever done, which is the way it should be. I mean, look, I, I, and I understand what he's saying, which is like, it, it doesn't matter. And this is back when you go to the NCAA tournament. It's like, look, seed number doesn't matter. Team starts winning a the game. They're playing above their level. And if we're really honest about it, what does the seed mean in the NBA playoffs anyway, since the regular season doesn't matter? It does and it does. Is it really a determinant into who's really the best team? Not really. Just like the MVP is a regular season award, the regular season, uh, the best record in the regular season is a, it's a, it's completely different sport. Um, I do think home court advantage not only matters, but especially matters in Denver with the altitude. And matters with a team that has a couple of, as one player that's been there before, albeit in the bubble with KCP. But for the most part, inexperienced at this point of the playoffs. Um, but I, but what Mike Malone is doing is he played the underdog card as much as he could. And now he looks down, he's just got a handful of aces. And now he's like, well, you guys think it's easy to play with, you know, aces. Yeah, yo, sure, we're the best team, but seeds don't matter here. I mean, look, it's it's brilliant. It's not diabolical, right? He's not doing anything sinister here, but it's painfully obvious. We're out of underdog cards now that we're the favorite, and it's obvious that everyone expects us to win and to wrap this thing up pretty quickly. Despite all of that, I, I can't allow my guys to be complacent, which only shows that all the other stuff he said was clearly psychological nonsense to, to begin with. It, it's like when you, when you have an argument, and I don't know if you guys do this when you're, it's like whenever I've been on debate shows, did, I don't, did you know I was on the debate team in high school, Jason Stewart? I was actually, Tustin High School, we had a, a model UN debate team. And I was on the debate team. You've mentioned that before. I, I, I was. Could, I could see you. you oh, yeah. Totally. Yeah, you, uh, but, but it was, you know, it's you like. You don't like it, to lose, Doug. And you like to talk over people. So that sounds like a debate tactic. What'd you say? I couldn't hear you. I, you was, I was thinking about what I was saying. <laughs> actually, actually, in debates, I don't like to talk over people. What what I, I struggle to do is I find, and the way in which I feel like you can win debates is when you find the one falsehood in something someone's saying. Like they can list 10 things. You find the one thing that isn't correct and that's definably incorrect and it can bring down all the other arguments even if they are correct, right? The other way is to use their argument against them. Use the exact argument and go, okay, if it works for you there, how about here? Those are the two ways in which I like to find ways to win arguments. And the easy way to pick apart this 
argument that he's making <coughs> is to simply say that, uh, okay, um, then if regular season and seeding don't matter, why did you complain so much about the lack of attention that you got based upon the success of your regular season previously? It it dismantles every part of his uh, of his argument. So look, I think Malone has done. First of all, they're a beautifully coached team. They're a really well coached team, and there is something real to the hey, they haven't played, they won't have played in a week when they played. And as much as the Heat were pushed to seven games, they've had a good recovery time. I think some of it balances out with playing in altitude and being in altitude, and that doesn't make it easier. And the Heat will have a different look and a different rotation, however they choose to use Tyler Hero. But I I just think that this whole thing is brilliant and yet very easy to see what he's doing. He's been the perceived underdog or tried to build up that they're the underdog the entire time in the playoffs. Nobody believes in us. Nobody watches us. Nobody respects us despite all of our successes. You didn't realize Jokic was that good? Of course not. Nobody watches. He's right. But it's not because we don't think you're good. It's because it's regular season NBA. You're in Denver. You haven't won anything. It just, it doesn't necessarily fit on our radar with all this other stuff going on. But all of a sudden you do the flip to the, no, 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 we're not the favorite now because seeds don't matter. Wait, huh? It mattered when you were the underdog. It doesn't matter when you're the favorite. And yes, they were the underdog going into the Lakers series. The Lakers had the best odds after I think the midway point of the Warriors series, the Lakers had the best odds to get to the NBA Finals. That, of course, makes them a favorite. They were a favorite to beat the Denver Nuggets. So regardless of seed, they were favored. Now the Nuggets are a hefty favorite to win the championship. It's like, ah, seeds don't matter. It's brilliant, but it's so right there in front of you. And I guess the question is, does anybody buy that? Then they go like, you know, he's right. Seeds don't matter. Because again, this is where you use his argument against him. Wait, you just said that, you know, you were an underdog. Now, can't you create the same energy of underdog for the Miami Heat? Nobody believes in them. Eight seed, not the favorite, et cetera, et cetera. I'm fascinated by the, the psychology of a coach. And, and it's been relayed to me by other people because I've asked people in basketball, like, why is he, why is he saying these things? Like when they were clearly better than the Lakers, you know, he, he was still saying and making these statements as if they were massive underdogs and they were feeling slighted and nobody pays attention to us. And, and the response I got was like, Hey, you're still got to find ways to motivate your team. You need that. That feels like high school stuff, little kid stuff, but it's true. Like um, the, the, it's like they say about comedians, right? The saddest people you'll meet are the funniest people you'll meet right? because comedians are, they're not necessarily hiding. They're trying to work through some, all, all the other pain in their life and they do so with humor. Well, I mean, I think the same can be true for confident people or people who you perceive as super confident. 
successful, super, the guys that have this, this I mean, like a, a professional athlete, um, these guys talk and walk as if, I mean, Jamal Murray, I think I'm one of the best players in the NBA. I don't disagree, but you having to say it and then you having to have your coach basically make you out to be an underdog when you are not tells me that there's some either perceived lack of motivation, I don't think that's what it is, or that the ability to motivate is that you have naysayers. And yeah, we're all competitors. That gets anybody going. But I think even more so at this level, it's the NBA Finals. Why do you need anybody to say anything to you to get you motivated? Because you have some sort of maybe insecurity. And it triggers it and gets you to lock in. I don't know, the psychology of coaching is really, really interesting. And you would think that at this level, there isn't some psychological warfare you have to play on your own players to make the narrative some sort of negative. But I think apparently that's what Mike Malone and many others feel is needed. All right, I'm Doug Gottlieb in for Colin Cowherd. Uh, the big news in the NBA yesterday was that Bob Myers, Bob Myers, is out in Golden State. Is this the first break in the Warriors dynasty? Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio, FS1, and the iHeartRadio app. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 90 seconds, all it takes. Use the code HERD. New customers bet five, that's it, five bucks and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. That's code heard only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Doug Gottlieb in for Colin. This is The Hurt. On Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio app. It's a good jam back in the day. Um, 
There's a couple of college basketball stories, believe it or not, which are fascinating. It goes hand in hand with what Nick Saban's been talking about at the SEC meetings. So there's, there's a lot to this. Uh, the NIL, the state of college athletics, I think that's fascinating. Uh, wait till you hear who was at Saints practice. Saints practice. But let's welcome in Mark Bedini. He's our Fox Sports Radio NBA insider. Um, for you, you name it, forever, this guy has covered and knows the league so, so well. Uh, let, let's start with the Bob Myers departure in Golden State. Didn't strike me as a surprise to anyone who covers the NBA. There's uh, Tim Kawakami, who, of course, has worked uh, in Northern California, San Jose Mercury News forever. Now he's with The Athletic. He did a column today kind of detailing the, you know, what led to some of the breakdown between Joe Lacob and Bob Myers. But what's what's your sense? Why would why would they break up a team in terms of a management team that had at least on the court seen the most success in franchise history? Yeah, Doug, it's the ultimate question. And as much as Bob Myers was very transparent uh, during his press conference about just being burned out by the job, you, you do wonder about this. I mean, on one hand, he was adamant that you know money wasn't an issue. The Warriors uh, gave him generous offers to keep him because that's what the Warriors have been all about. Um, but he decided to walk away because he just felt like the demands of it were too much. And you know, with that, I couldn't help but wonder: Well, was this as much about getting away from Joe Lacob as it was from getting away from the Warriors? But I think the clear distinction here is he was very grateful for Joe Lacob's ownership uh, and and leadership role with, you know, giving him uh, a big budget to spend and being obsessed with winning. You know, not every NBA owner has that kind of passion, but there's no doubt with his expectations and just the Warriors' expectations as a whole, it becomes a very heavy task. But at the same time, this is what Bob Myers had signed up for from the very beginning. So I think with all that, you do wonder, did it finally get to the point where enough was enough? And you also wonder, did it get to the point where, you know, the Warriors are entering what potentially could be some significant pivot points, and was Bob Myers comfortable with dealing with that when it comes to, you know, trying to see what they can do with Draymond Green and Clay Thompson and, uh, you know, course correct from this second-round exit after seeing some mixed progress with their young players. So a lot, a lot of things unpack, and you do wonder – is this the first shoe to drop, or is this just a way for the Warriors to navigate another challenge? Okay, so how do they restructure the front office? Well, I think the low-hanging fruit is, I, I've been told, don't expect any sort of like exhaustive search. While there's no timeline, the timeline takes care of itself of free agency and the draft. Um, but yeah, I think it seems like Mike Dunleavy is a heavy favorite. Now, they have... Uh, given him, you know, roles in the last few years and being in the front office where he would be prepared for this position. Same thing with Kirk Lakeup. Um, and I think that the very important thing about Bob Myers, I mean, we can look at his draft history, good and bad, his free agent acquisitions, but really the most valuable part that Bob Myers showed was his relationship capital with built, being a bridge with the players and coaching staff with ownership. And I, I do wonder if whether it's Mike or Kirk or any combination, how do they fill that void? I think on one respect, you can't 
replace what Bob Myers did over a decade with building those relationships. But at least to their credit, in recent years, not only have they put in the work, but they've had a presence around the team where they can have relationships with players. Um, but the reality is you can't replace a valuable commodity overnight, and you do wonder how much will that factor into what will happen, assuming Draymond Green opts out of his player option, what would a possible extension look like? How would difficult conversations play out with Draymond if it was Bob as opposed to Mike or Kirk? Um, same thing with Clay Thompson. He hopes he can get an extension uh, this summer, but the reality is he has one year left on his contract, and he had some uh, you know struggling performances, as you know, uh, during the playoffs. So it, it seems like that Bob would obviously have much more of the history and the personality and capital to be able to handle those potentially tough waters as opposed to any new fit. But I think the Warriors are bullish that at least they've prepared them to get to this point and be that bridge and that they've put in the work and they've shown they're capable of doing it. Um, okay, let, let's peruse around the NBA. Um, the 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 Knicks fell flat in the playoffs both the past two years, but Jalen Brunson was a was a godsend, right? I mean, he's been outstanding. Why'd they fire their general manager? Well, I think that uh, clearly there was uh, some you know contract extension worries, and with James Dolan, even though they're you know obviously worth a, a pretty hefty sum, uh, there's always money that gets involved there. But I think it could be also. Uh, a, a few things here. Leon Rose has had a, a pretty big role in the front office, and maybe that they, you know, just put his responsibilities even more on his plate. But I think it's also an acknowledgement that, you know, look, the Knicks—they're glad that they finally got to the playoffs and they're respectable, but they're trying to get to the next level. Um, but I think that, objectively speaking, when you're looking at their roster. I think they maxed out with what they could get. I mean, Jalen Brunson obviously overachieved and defied everyone's expectations. Maybe not yours, Doug, because you were one of the very few to call this from the beginning. Um, and the rest of the roster, it was a, it was a good mix of you know Julius Randle and good role players that you know really just try to get by with hustle plays. And Tom Thibodeau, uh, you know, had that grinded out mentality. And so I think that clearly. They felt like this was the best that this team could accomplish. So how did they get to that next level with improving the roster? So it'll be interesting offseason, as it always is with New York. It, it, it is. It's fair to say, though, that it feels like, I mean, look, Scott Perry did a nice job in drafting. Obviously, Mitchell Robinson's been a, a good addition. Um, and maybe he hasn't lived up to expectations. Uh, but, uh, you know, R.J. Barrett's a good player. Quentin Grimes uh, has been, was a great find. But, I mean, if, if we all say, hey, look, you brought in a guy and he had nothing to do with it, right? Yeah. I mean, his dad's on staff, Leon Rose's former agent, like all of that stuff really didn't have to do with Scott Perry. And if that's what changed the organization, his services aren't totally needed. Let, let's, let's get to the finals. Let's get to the finals. Uh, Tyler Hero is going to play. How does he fit in when they've been playing with the, in the playoffs without him? Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. I think that uh, in some respects he's a plug-and-play player from what he can be on the court, especially in the Heat system. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they slowly integrate him just 
because he's been out for a little bit, and the heat of all organizations really value conditioning. And so uh, I anticipate that there'll be some rust, but I expect, you know, game two or worst case, game three, he'll be back doing what he normally was doing. But I think one of the, uh, you know, one of the really good qualities with the heat, as they've shown throughout the regular season, this postseason, they really knew how to wait to just navigate, you know, all the ugliness and the good, bad, and the ugly. Uh, of overlapping injuries, inconsistent performances, et cetera, because of that great combination of Jimmy Butler and the way he's wired, as well as a bunch of undrafted uh, players that have really, uh, you know, bolstered their three-point shooting and, and different positional needs. And so, you know, clearly they're able to hold the fort without him, but, you know, this Nuggets team is obviously the real deal. I'm not going to get on your bad side and say, oh, they're, they get they, they don't get enough attention here, uh, but the, clearly they uh, – they are the favorite team, I think, to win the NBA Finals. So the Heat need to have every single uh, player play up to their capabilities. No, you're not getting them. I, I mean, they, they don't get what would be equal attention to the Warriors, the Lakers, but it's a direct reflection of what people, at least to this point, have said they care about. Which oh, is, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, right? clearly, like, It's not like there's anything sinister and nefarious about people going like, you know, I mean, like, I mean, I honestly believe that game one of the Lakers series was the first time about 95% of the people watching watched Jokic play an entire NBA game. Yeah. And they're like, man, this guy is good. Like, yeah, he's been awesome for a couple of years now. Yeah. No, clearly being facetious here. And, and I'm, yeah. I've been with you ever since this non-story came out. I mean, look, uh, you'd like that, you know, good teams get attention and people know about them. But the reality is, they're in a small market, and I think it's about proportion. It's not about, oh, no one knows who they are. But when you're looking at so many different storylines throughout this NBA with big market teams that have a lot of big implications with the Lakers and the Clippers and the Suns, the Warriors, you go down the line, um, there's just inevitably going to be more attention. That's not to say that the Nuggets uh, you know, don't deserve their due, and there's a lot of feel-good stories about them with how well they've played and, you know, some of the comeback efforts that Jamal Murray and Michael Porter had with their injuries and, you know, Nikola Jokic having another dominant season, Michael Malone having another great uh, coaching stint and just the continuity with everyone involved. But it's just the reality here. So, yeah, it's I've rolled my eyes along with you over this whole non-story. Um, the Lakers, what's their plans? Well, I think given the Lakers, it's always fluid and subject to change. But that being said, I think that philosophically, you know, what Rob Polinka said at exit interviews is likely what's going to happen. They're going to lean more toward trying to retain as much of their roster as they have as opposed to going big game free agent hunting. And so what that looks like, there's obviously an unknown, as you know, Doug, with the free agent and the cap implications. But if I had to guess, I think for sure Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura are back because of what they were with growing as role players, the fact that they're restricted free agents, so there's more flexibility for the Lakers, not only to obviously match offers but to spend. D'Angelo Russell, uh, I think it really just depends on what the market value is for him from other teams. Um, but I think that they're mindful that as much as he had some struggles, most notably in the Western Conference Finals, he was a key piece to make the offense work a lot much more efficiently than it was when Russell Westbrook was there. Um, and so with that, regardless of 
the unknown of exactly how many of the Lakers free agents are retained this upcoming offseason. I I think it's safe to say we're not seeing Kyrie Irving in a Lakers uniform. We're not seeing Trey Young in a Lakers uniform. I think that even though the circumstances are different, the Russell Westbrook experience I think really reinforced the Lakers the 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 cons of not having enough roster balance when you're putting so much investment into another star, you know, along with LeBron and AD. Uh, Celtics obviously had a disappointing finish to a great regular season and uh, ups and downs in the playoffs, right? Down three games to two, they come back, beat the Sixers twice, and Jason Tatum is awesome. Down three games to none, they come back, force the game seven, Tatum rolls his ankle, and a no-show offensively. What do they do in this offseason? Yeah, it's it's really interesting, Doug, because I think that I'm I'm with you. They collapsed, they underachieved, et cetera, and I certainly had criticisms of, you know, Joe Mazzola, uh, as well as, you know, just how they played as a unit. But I think that practically speaking, it's a lot easier if they retain what they have now and deal with everything later because I think that that's really the best case scenario. I mean the reality is you know, Joe Mazzola might deserve scrutiny, uh, certainly deserves scrutiny for some of his shortcomings during the playoffs, but he also deserves praise for growing to get them back to a 3-3, you know, series tie. You know, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, uh, they showed growth in the last year with coexisting. I think it was revealing, though, that Jason Tatum has an injury, and this is a time for Jalen Brown to take over, and he didn't. But I think with that, they have shown that, they can have some success gain to the finals and then just improving from within from last season. And so even though there are question marks, I think that it's easier to just keep everything you have. And if you have to make changes, do that next season, whether it's trades or coaching changes, then I think that if nothing else, even though that no doubt they're expected to contend for a title and this is disappointing, they're much better off, at least in the short term, you know, going with what they have now. Mark, awesome stuff. Let, let's talk some more as the uh, finals get started. Appreciate your time and joining us on Fox Sports Radio. Doug, appreciate you as always. All right, that's my guy Mark Medina, Fox Sports Radio NBA insider. Let's get to Jason Stewart with the news. No, 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 no. Turn on the news. This is the Herdline News. Doug, as uh, people try to find storylines here to pass the time before the NBA finals, um, mm-hmm. Denver's altitude has become a narrative. Now, I didn't know if I don't know if you knew this, but uh, Denver's a mile high off is the uh, from sea level. Yep, is it? And uh, and players have struggled up there. Athletes have struggled. Now, this was an interesting angle, and and uh, Kevin Garnett on his certified KG certified on Showtime said this uh, told a story about what the Nuggets pulled on him once. Bones, I got to ask you, man. Mm-hmm. What was the elevation like, bro? Bro, it's real. Is it real? It's real. It's real. It's real. You know what they do before games? Just with your mental? (laughs) Welcome to Denver. (laughs) If you start feeling faint, it's because you are above. And you like in the layup line, like, yo, did you hear that? (laughs) Yo, hold on, whoa, whoa, whoa. Did you see me 2000? Hilarious, you start though. having a panic attack. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, think I, think I, think I think I feel it. Doug, you said that the 
altitude becomes a major factor, not necessarily in the first 24 hours, but in the first 48 hours, correct? Well, okay, so so here's what it's like. Um, when I played in college, we played Colorado. Uh, my brother's been assistant coach in college for 28 years. And let's see here. Uh, he was eight at San Diego State, six at Cal, six at Oregon State. San Diego State was in the Mountain West, which when he was first in it, uh, them and TCU were the only schools that were sea level. And then, of course, when you're in the Pac-10, then Pac-12, you play Utah and Colorado every year. And so a couple things. One, it's 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 a real thing, right? I mean, it's it's actually like physics. <laughs> um and in your first game, yeah, it, it'll hit you in the usually in the fourth quarter. But everybody is different. Like some people adjust to it better than others, and you can't really plan for that. But what they always say in the Pac-12 is like, "Hey, careful about that second game because you're in Utah, you go to Colorado, or, or vice versa, and you become oxygen deprived. Your body has it takes a couple weeks for your body to adjust to it." And so, like NFL teams, a lot of times they'll fly in the night before they're going to play the Broncos. Uh, in college football, you fly in as, as quickly as possible so your body doesn't become oxygen deprived. The Celtics, that was a real thing that they were flying out the day after or the night of when uh, the heat when, when they beat the Celtics. And so, they're in Denver. I don't love the idea of being there this long, even though the NBA mandates that they have to be there a couple days before for the, the interviews. And it's a real thing. It affects different guys differently. The Heat are widely considered the best conditioned team in the NBA. But the Nuggets play to it. They play fast. They push with great tempo and pace. And I think end of game one and all of game two, it will likely be an issue. Shifting to the NFL, Doug, uh, Dennis Allen has been asked to answer for this this week. He brought in um, former Raiders head coach John Gruden. Um, in a lot of circles, you think that uh, he's been kind of ostracized from the NFL, but Dennis Allen said this about bringing in uh, his new quarterback, Derek Carr's former coach. Number one, we, we, we've had several coaches come uh, and visit. Obviously, John's a guy that uh, has a lot of experience with Derek, um, and Derek's had his most success uh, under John Gruden, and so uh, we felt like bringing him in having a chance to sit down and, and uh, visit with him as an offensive staff, with the quarterbacks, um, and just get some new thoughts and ideas, things that we might be able to implement. Um, you know, I would say this, I would say, you know, offensively for a long time uh, that I've been here, uh, we've been we've been pretty effective offensively. Uh, and so uh, I don't see us putting in a whole new offense or doing something dramatic, but. You know, if there's a few ideas that we could take from that, uh, we felt like that would be beneficial. So so who's giving him grief over it? Well, reporters were asking him why, and I think the reporters, kind of the angle on this was John Gruden hasn't surfaced since he was let go. Uh, why John Gruden? We get the connection here, but given his, I guess, reputation and how things ended with the Raiders, I think that... Uh, it's, it's odd to say the least, I think. It's not odd. It's not odd. I mean, just to be totally candid with you. Reporters and people who question this, honestly, they're either being disingenuous or they're just completely, complete idiots. 
this is all of sport, all of business. Will you bring in a consultant who has been successful in the field? There there are like, look, there are dudes that got me too. And you don't want them running your company anymore. You don't want them around females, but if they have some knowledge on how to be successful, meanwhile, they're going through their own kind of personal professional rehab. If you're like, Hey, how do I make a movie? And you have a really successful filmmaker. There are some people that it's just too far gone. The Gruden stuff. He's incredibly well-respected for his attention to detail. And oh, by the way, he has his former quarterback. This happens everywhere. Coaches who get fired in college, they come in and consult, take notes, watch practice, give a couple ideas in the NFL happens in the business world happens all the time. It doesn't mean you're hiring him to run your franchise or to be your offensive coordinator. But if you have the chance to have John Gruden, hey, why don't you take a look at this and tell us what you think? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? The guy, the guy is a football savant. The stuff that got him in trouble was all the other stuff. But in terms of football, especially in building a relationship with Derek Carr and things that might work, I, I don't know if there's a better human being alive to do that. That's Jason Stewart in the news. Well, that's the news. And thanks for stopping by. The Herd Lie News. Who's to blame the Packers breakup with Aaron Rodgers? A new article details the off-seasons of the past three years. You'll hear about it next in The Herd. Be sure to catch live editions of The Herd weekdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Hey, gang, this is Jay Glazer, host of Unbreakable, a mental health podcast. And each week, we try to help turn our mental health issues into mental wealth. And we dive in with everyone from the world of sports and entertainment, like Sean McVay, Lindsey Vaughn, Michael Phelps, David Spade, Guy Fieri, and also those who can help us in between the ears. Anyone from a therapist to someone like Ed Milet or John Gordon. So each week, listen to Unbreakable with Jay Glazer, a mental health podcast on iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The 82-game preseason is in the books. It's finally time for the real season. Don't miss out on any of the NBA playoff action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. From the play-in tournament through the finals, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered with same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is HERD. New customers bet five and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. 200. That's code HERD only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text hope ny 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources.
This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Doug Gottlieb in for Collins, The Herd, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. Ooh, this is a good one. This is a good one. Good one. Right? Don't you love the juicy details of a breakup? What'd he say? And then what'd she say? And then what'd he say? And then what'd she say? Right? Well, that's what we have in The Athletic. Uh, Matt uh, Schneidman covers the Packers for The Athletic. And he detailed the breakup and breakdown of the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and Brian Gunnikens, essentially Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. He talked to Aaron Rodgers. Like Aaron Rodgers kind of took him through what happened after Jordan Love was drafted, for example. Did I want to, Rodgers said, years down the line go, well, if we had just taken somebody who could impact our team because we had just gone to the NFC Championship game, yeah, of course, Rodgers said of the Packers' decision to draft Love. I don't think any competitor would say anything different. So Rodgers is trying to make it out that it wasn't that they drafted Jordan Love. It's that, hey, they just went to the NFC Championship game and everyone knows that if you draft a quarterback, like it's a, in order for him to play, Aaron has to sit. So And that wasn't happening and it was a future selection. So he wouldn't, right? You know, he wouldn't. T. Higgins, for example, was available, taken in the first, second round. He would have helped the Green Bay Packers. Uh, according to a source associated with the team who was granted anonymity to candidly discuss the sensitive dynamics between the front office and the star quarterback early in the 2021 offseason, Dunn, Rogers' agent, called uh, Mark Murphy to request. One of two things, trade Rodgers or fire Brian Gunnikunst. Murphy did neither. Months later, news broke that Rodgers wanted out of Green Bay, but the Packers held firm. It goes to the 2021 offseason. Okay, so this is obviously not last year. It's the previous year. Okay, so in the previous year, remember that's when he was holding out. That was when he didn't know if he wanted to come back, what was going on. Um. After the first practice of camp, Rodgers aired his grievances, saying he wanted changes to the organization's communication and culture. According to Rodgers, the communication between he and Gutenkunst improved, but, quote, it still wasn't anywhere near what I've already already enjoyed here with the Jets in just a few short weeks. Right? So the Jets, in a new relationship, they want to be open, honest, full lines of communication. According to the source, the next offseason, this is last year's last offseason, the Packers weren't satisfied with Rodgers' commitment and effort. Right? Not only during voluntary OTAs, but day-to-day basis afterwards, Rodgers takes exception to the thought that the team wanted more from him in the months after giving him the richest contract in NFL history. When I'm in, I'm all in. You just want to ride or die with off-season workouts. I won the MVP without doing off-season workouts like my commitment level uh, was any less then. I, I, 
I'd say not at all. The way I came back to work, not just physically in good shape, but mentally refreshed is the thing that for me was the reason I was able to have the season I wanted to in Green Bay. Uh, you fast forward to this offseason and Gunnikunz and Rodgers agreed to meet in person in Southern California where Rodgers lives in the offseason. Gunnikunz was traveling in January to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. They never con- connected. And this is that story that many people have talked about. That uh, there was a disconnect because the Packers wouldn't FaceTime him. Quote, I have zero or one bar at the house. This is Aaron Rodgers. So you call me. Sometimes it goes through. Most times it doesn't go through. Everybody who knows me knows when I'm out West, they know how to get a hold of me. So you can say whatever you want, but that's the effing truth. Before I went into darkness, I hit him up and said, here's some stuff swirling around here. We should get together. You, me, and Matt. Did Brian text me more than I text him? Yeah. But did I ghost him? No, I texted him back and there was back and forths that we had. And so this is the story that you want to go with. You're going to stand on this hill of austerity and say, arguably in the conversation, the best player in your franchise history, you're going to say, I couldn't get a hold of him. And that's why we had to move on. Like, come on, just tell the truth. You want to move on. You didn't like the fact that we didn't communicate all the time. Listen, uh, I, I, I talk to the people that I like. I mean, Aaron Rodgers contradicts himself and tells you who he really is in all of these statements. Like first, he's like, look, man, I want open lines of communication. They won't try to communicate with you. You didn't want to communicate back with them. And your defense is, I communicate all the time with the people I like. I didn't like Brian Gunnikunst. I didn't like him. And so there was, this thing was over two years ago, three years ago when they drafted Jordan Love. There's no way you can read this article in which Aaron Rodgers defends they wanted me to show up for OTAs. I need to be refreshed. Like, it's not all about you. Rodgers is probably right. It probably is refreshing to get away, to go on a trip, to go hiking, to go find yourself. But when you're trying to involve new wide receivers and have a new connection and be one with the team and be connected, you got to be there. You got to be there. It's like they say about parenting. Most important thing about parenting is just showing up. Most important thing about relationships is open lines of communication. And Roger's saying, I want to communicate, but I communicate plenty with the people I like. Tells you he didn't like Brian Gunnikens, so he communicated as much as was needed in order to keep the, uh, in order to keep um, some form of relationship going. All right, coming up next, I'm Doug Gottlieb in for Colin Cowherd. Today is decision day. For what? Are you in or are you out? For what? I'll explain next. I'm Doug Gottlieb. This is The Herd. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. This festival and concert season, 
will be all about the boots, and Decovis is your stop before attending your next concert. All Decovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Decovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Decovis store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. I love it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Decovis.com. Stores are great, but it's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 